right, after a week off, welcome back, everybody. It's the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. My name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And recording again from our home here in Portland, Oregon. Come back from travels abroad. And by abroad, he means to California. It's like a different country in a way. <laughs> I had to take a week off to attend to some family stuff, but now we're back. And uh, just getting really close to uh, the big movie of this year, really. Avengers Infinity War is right around the corner. Oh, I know. So it's like we said we would do uh, this week. We're going to do a top five episode as we are going to give our top five movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. We'll have to see. It was hard to come, down, come up with just five. Right. And, uh, and, and when I say Marvel Cinematic Universe, of course, I mean the canonical starting with Iron Man, up to Black Panther, those linked universe movies, so none of your Deadpools or your X-Men's or any of that. Um, But before we get into uh, our top fives of uh, Marvel movies, uh, it is the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Uh, We are each having the same beer this time, though. Yeah, we decided to do something a little bit different. Normally, we have different beers, but then give our perspectives on the same movie. Mm-hmm. So this time, um, since we'll be talking about different movies, we thought we'd give our different perspectives on the same beer. Yes, that's exactly how it happened. Well, it, it, might, it might not have been that well thought out in advance. That was good. That was way, way better than I, than, I was good, than I had it in my mind. So, but, but yeah. But you, you picked it out. So uh, what, are we, uh, what are we having? We are drinking uh, Lucky 13 from Lagunitas. Um, and the bottle says that this is an ultra mega mondo red ale. Yes, it doesn't, it doesn't taste like a red ale to me. It does not. I am intrigued. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little sweet. Correct. Agreed. Yeah, uh, but it's still, I like it. Um, I don't know that I would want a lot of it. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Um, the uh, You were talking before we recorded about the number of IBUs on a bottle. It says very specifically 76.92. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's the first time I've ever seen it broken down to the hundredths right. of okay. bitter unit. The decimal point there. Yeah. And then it also has the OG. Do you know what that is at all? Uh, it stands for original gravity. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not too sure how that's calculated or what that means exactly. I know that that's what it, those letters stand, stand for. for. Okay. Um, it is 8.8% alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. So it's probably good that you're not going to have the whole thing by yourself. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I I am liking this. I It's still really happy, but it's kind of got, it's not too sweet. Um, and you can kind of taste that maltiness that comes with a red, a good red ale. Mm-hmm. So, um, so far, um, I'm just, you know, a few sips in, but I really like it. Yeah. I looked into uh, the Lagunitas website to see what it says about this beer. And there's just some weird rambling paragraph I know. that's also on the bottle that means nothing about anything uh no story about the, how they came up with it or why lucky 13 so yeah it's like whole a website is a little bizarre yeah it's like a whole like stream of consciousness <laughs> something and then something about the bronze age it's very weird 
Um, I know we've had a Lagunitas beer before, mm-hmm. um, who, where they are out of the, what, Petaluma, California. Yeah. And now they also have another brewery in Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's, Lagunitas is an all around solid brewery. They have a lot of beer that, that I like. Yeah, they so. do. They do. They do a really good job. I feel with their seasonals mm-hmm. more than their, yes. their standard, you know, you know, everyday IPA or whatever beers. I like the seasonal stuff they make. Oh yeah. Cause Me it's very, too. pretty creative. I think earlier this year we talked about, um, the one that I really liked. It was the nighttime. Uh, nighttime. Yeah. That one was great. Yeah. Oh. If we see any, we should pick some up. Yeah. So. All right. So solid beer here with us mm-hmm. as we begin with our movie. But first, Mm -hmm. do you have some movie news to talk about? Well, it's not necessarily news. We're just going to talk about some recent trailers. Oh, yes. So uh, the first one will get out of the way. Um, I showed you this today. (laughs) Yes, you did. I said, I'm going to show you a trailer. I'm not going to tell you what it is or what what movie it is. Just have you see it. Uh, And I showed you the trailer that was released, I think it was just this past week, for the Jason Statham shark movie. The Meg. Yes. About a prehistoric massive megalodon shark. That has suddenly been discovered. Yes. Yeah, totally realistic. And this is, I believe, I've read a book that I think was called Meg. That was about a megalodon shark. I remember Mm -hmm. it came out in the 90s, maybe. I remember reading it. I don't remember a whole lot of details. So I wonder if if it's based on this book. There's been some changes. Um, so <laughs> any movie with Jason Statham that was yeah. based on a book probably went through some, yeah. some changes. Yeah, the the uh, the the main the lead character in the book was no was no Jason Statham. No, but I think they're definitely trying to do a play on uh, um, uh, what's the movie with Jonah and the Whale? The movie with Jonah and the no, Whale. No, the book. Oh, blinking on this right now. Help me out. The Bible? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. That was me shaking my head in despair at my husband. No, the one with the whale, right? Right. And Jonah, he's like chasing down the great white whale that he wants to kill. Oh, you mean Captain Ahab? And yeah. Oh, you mean Moby Dick? Yes. Okay. Totally the same thing. <laughs> no, whatever. All right, in my defense, uh, I have been quite sick for the last week, so I, I just... I'm, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jonah's a Bible story. <laughs> well, I just think that it's funny that um, Jason Statham's character is called Jonah, and he's got to um, save people yeah. from a massive shark after a terrifying shark attack the down that he survived. Oh, is that what it says? Yes. Oh, you of know, course. Add gravitas to this movie. And he gets to say in the trailer, my God, it's Megalodon. Yes, he does. It's pretty great. In a it, sexy Jason Statham voice, of course. Sure. Um, what I like about this trailer is they do a good job of really showing the scale of the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of shots of it swimming underneath like a paddle border or like, you know, swimmers. And it's just, you know, so massive which is really cool, to see, fun to see. 
Uh, but they also just, man, it is a really silly trailer. I know, to... it's got Rain Wilson, who is clearly there for the comic relief. Yeah. And he does a great job. And they play that one, and it's mostly done to that, to, like, to a Frank Sinatra song, I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's really a little ridiculous. I think any movie called The Meg. Well, sure. Where they're, they're trying to make sound hip about a megalodon. I don't think they were trying to sound hip at all. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, did you like it? Um, I found it highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh. Um, it's going to be a really dumb movie. I don't think it's the type of movie I want to go pay full price for. Um, you know, but maybe a matinee or when it's at a local McMinimins for, mm-hmm. you know, the beer and a movie night. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I like a, I like a, a fun shark movie. Mm-hmm. I like sharks in general. I like watching documentaries about sharks. I used to like Shark Week until the Discovery Channel lost its mind and started making fake shark things. So, I don't know. It looks fun. Yep. And, it's got Ruby Rose in it. Yeah, I like her. I do, but her, her name, her character name is Jax Heard. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about that. I know, right? Uh, she probably gets eaten by the halfway point anyway. Uh, okay, uh, another trailer that we watched today. Uh, the latest trailer to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I know. I wish they had started with this trailer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it makes It's made it look way more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like the first trailer was essentially, you know, a couple of cute lines with... Uh, Chris Pratt and um, her, the actress whose name escapes me. <laughs> the the one that's not the red, the, the one that's not Jessica Chastain, but looks kind of like Jessica Chastain. Yes, that, that's her name. Um, you know, and then there's a bunch of CGI dinosaurs running away from a volcano. Right. And there's a lot more plot details that are shown. You know, I think I remember reading a rumor when the first trailer came out, that that trailer was all pulled from like the first half hour of the movie. So there was a lot more mm-hmm. to be revealed, which looks like that was, that was true. Right. So it looks a lot more interesting all of a sudden, I thought. Yeah. I remember seeing the first trailer and kind of going, um, I mean, I guess I'm sort of interesting. And then the second trailer was all about the volcano. And I definitely was like, Oh, look, the dinosaurs are dying because of, of the volcano. And, Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound exciting at all. So I'm kind of tired. Um, but this trailer made it like definitely I'm back into like super excited to see it. There's one in the middle there. Um, I think we saw it in a movie that we, you know, as a preview to a movie mm-hmm. that um, looked made it look a little bit more interesting, especially because I was like, hmm, I wonder why Chris Pratt and his dinosaur are in, you know, a mansion. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, this makes it look even more intriguing and so I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And finally, we'll just quickly quick talk about um I know we've both seen it came out like on Monday, uh the next the new trailer for Deadpool 2. The final trailer. Was it with the final trailer? I think they said it was the final trailer. Okay. Uh and I think I said it's perfect when I told you that the new Deadpool trailer had come out. It's, I've watched it, I don't know how many times. I mean, it came out while I was, it dropped when I was at work and I probably watched it. I I know I watched it more times than my employer cared to know. It's just, it's so, it's like high energy. It's this funny. 
and it just gets you. It just gets you just amped. <laughs> you know, like when they uh, when they jump out of the airplane and then they drop and LL Cool J drops in. They hit with you know, Mama said knock you out. It cuts in. It's the perfect. It's a perfect song dropping at the perfect moment, and it's just so. It's just so fun. I mean, they did the first Deadpool movie. The first trailer they used Shoop, mm-hmm. I think, to, to great effect in that in that trailer. And they just do this pick another great '90s song that just was perfect for the trailer. Yeah. It was so fun. It was really good. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, also liked Peter. You know. Oh yeah. 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 Just showing up because he saw the ad. And, yeah, and, and he's yeah. jumping out the plane too. Yes, he's he's in the movie. He's in the group. Um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the trailer. I think it, it was great. I think that they, you know, let the cat out of the bag or, you know, the X-Force was going to be showing up in the movie. And that had been a lot of speculation in the first, after the first preview. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm excited. Yeah. And it's going to be good. Yeah. We got some good movies coming up. Yeah, which is good because I feel like I honestly feel a little underwhelmed for the movies for through the first quarter of this year. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, I think that it's always that way, though, in the spring. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, last year there was Logan, um, you know, Deadpool. The first Deadpool came out in, a, in February. Right. Um, but I, there's at least one like super and Black Panther, you know, that was this year. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess that maybe that was the one, maybe I'm going to say at least there's at least one really solid, good movie in the first quarter of the year, at least. Well, and, I think but, that also there were some, there's been a lot of upheaval because fig- you figure, um, two movies that were supposed to come out this spring have both been pushed back. Mm-hmm. So, um, the New Mutants, yeah. right, was supposed to come out, and that's been pushed way back. As has uh, what's the second movie we were talking about just last week that was supposed to come out in May, and they're doing a bunch of reshoots, and it's opening now in like November or something. Oh well, I know the other X Men movie, Dark Phoenix, was right. supposed to be well, it was supposed to come out this year, but now it's not until next year. Right, I, I forget exactly what it was pushed to, but. Yeah, so I think we have different, you you have um, the lineup, I think, that we also thought we were going to get this spring mm-hmm. has changed. So. A little bit, yeah. All right, well, I think uh, that'll be that for upcoming movie stuff. And we can go ahead and get into the uh, our top five lists I know. for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I guess, I don't know, I guess... I mean, a spoiler alert for movies that may be up to 10 years old. I don't know how much into detail <laughs> we're going to go with any of them, but you know, I'd be some spoiler stuff as we talk about each of the movies in our lists. Right. Um, go in, of course, uh, inverse order. And um, I think I'll go first. Okay, it's your turn. All right. So, and, you know, I thought about making, like, writing down a list, um, but. Uh, I ended up not because I just figured I'm going to make this list and we're going to start recording. I'm going to change my mind. So I'm just kind of going with my gut. Uh, if you ask me this question tomorrow, I might have a different five, but, uh, anyway, number five, I feel I have to start with, uh, the first, I have to start with Iron Man 
And I'm going to put that, it has to be in the top five, not just because it's a good movie, that because without it, we're not here. You know, there's maybe not any of these other movies. This the gamble that that movie was that mm-hmm. Marvel Studios started, you know, instead of, you know, selling, you know, their uh, licenses for different characters to different studios. You're like, you know what, we're going to start our own studio, make our own things. And we're starting with Iron Man because we don't have the rights to any other things that we would rather do first. Right. So we're going to do <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, John Favreau, the director, had to fight for Robert Downey Jr. to be cast as Tony Stark because of all of his yes. personal issues from from his past, and and they had to and they had to I mean they had to n- nail the landing so to speak because if that did. movie fails, Marvel Studios is probably dead right then and there. And so they, they did. They made a great movie with a great charismatic lead, not just for that movie, but essentially for this universe. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, all the, all the, all the chips in the middle of the table, everything on the line, they delivered a great movie to start off this whole crazy experiment that now every other studio is trying to emulate and failing at miserably. That is true. So my, so I'm going to go with that. That's my number five is Iron Man. Okay. You know, I thought about that one um, because I do think I agree with you. I think that um, if Thor isn't fantastic, then none of these other the 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 subsequent seventeen movies don't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there are eighteen mm-hmm. films to this point. Yeah, and um, and and you're right. Like it all comes down to Thor having been an excellent. Or, or sorry, Thor, um, uh-huh. Iron Man being an excellent first movie yeah. to start it off with. So I think it works out really, really well. Um, however, I did not pick Iron Man as my number five movie. Okay. Um, my number five movie was Guardians of the Galaxy two. Oh, interesting. It, I didn't think that that would end up in either of our top fives. Oh, I you know I have to say part of it is Baby Groot. I could watch that opening dance scene mm-hmm. um, many, many, many times, um, which we have. Yeah. Um, I loved Baby Groot. I thought it was a fun movie. Um, it's still just as bright and colorful. I love the homage, you know, to the 80s that they have. Everything is connected to the 80s. Yeah. Um, but I also really liked it because they developed a lot more of their characters. They developed Nebula as a... Um, foil to Gamora, kind of, you know, the the sister, adopted sister, and why their rivalry is so intense. Mm-hmm. Um, they they uh, build up Rocket, you know, and develop his character a little bit more. And then, you know, Yondu gets his day. I yeah. loved, I thought that this movie really was the first time that they had a character die, you know, who mattered. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think other time you've got all the villains who die, but, you know, with the one and done thing. And then right. they have Quicksilver who dies in uh, Age of Ultron, but Quicksilver literally is introduced in yeah, Age yeah. of Ultron and then dies. And you don't quite have a whole lot of time to really get to know him or um, find him, you know, have a, a connection to yeah. his death. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yandu dies and you are losing a surrogate father, Yeah, you know, for, um, Peter Quill. And so I thought that that was, um, 
a, a moment of gravitas that the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe had been missing up until then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, who doesn't want to hear um, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the, yeah. We've launched a thousand memes launched with that, right with there. that scene. Yeah. Okay, so uh, for my number, my fourth pick, a fourth ranked movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think I will say it's uh, The Avengers. Uh, The first team movie, and I will never forget, looking back, I will always remember about that movie came out the same year as The Dark Knight Rises. Mm Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to the Dark Knight Rises way more. I would, I mean, the Dark Knight is one of is one of my favorite movies. The sequel to that, all the trailers looked awesome. I think Bane in the comics is a favorite villain of mine. I was looking forward to it so much. And the Avengers, I was already worried. It's too many characters. Comic right. book movies do this all the time. They try to bring in too many characters, and it sucks. They get it wrong. No, they don't. It's just it's all very shallow and whatever. I was like not really looking forward to the Avengers because I was assuming that it was going to be lame for all the reasons that comic book movies tend to get lame, yeah. at least back then. And then I went and saw, uh, and the Avengers came out first that year. And I saw it and just like was so, so surprised at how good it was. And just at any time it's on cable now, it's one of those movies where like, you know, doing stuff around the house, you turn on the TV, oh, the Avengers is on, and it usually just stays on until it's over. Right. Because it's just such a good ride. I mean, the Hulk has never been used to better effects I than know. in that movie. I mean, uh, my favorite line, you know, when Bruce Banner says, you know, you know, I'm all, I'm, you don't know my secret. I'm, I'm always angry. angry. And then he turns into the Hulk. And that's, and they, that's really when they get Black Widow they really when that character gets interesting and cool right is, is in the avengers and um and yeah the just so many fun comic book moments you know and i i remember when the helicarrier came came out of the ocean i was like no way no <laughs> way i'm seeing this i'm seeing this in a movie this is so amazing so yeah it was so well done and so yeah, the Avengers, um, great, still great. I'm gonna say that that's my number four. Number four, that was that was a great movie, and for all the reasons that you stated, um, and I just loved the line where you know Black Widow's asking everybody to come indoors when they first uh-huh. on the helicarrier, and he's like, "Oh me, you know, in an enclosed space underwater, what what could be a you right. know a terrible right. idea?" And this- then it lifts up. Yep. <laughs> you know, instead uh-huh. he's like, "Oh yeah, this is much better," with that sarcastic look on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I think that Mark Ruffalo has created a Hulk character um, where I'd finally love to see, you know, a new Hulk movie mm-hmm. with him. Um, and I I feel like they've created almost this amazing story arc every time he just appears in these other Avengers movies and then Thor Ragnarok, because he, he mentions what he's been up to in Mm -hmm. such a casual kind of by the by way. 
that it really does make you want to go or it makes me want to be like, well, what is he really doing? Like, I want to go follow him with the camera for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, I liked the introduction of Mark Ruffalo as, as well, the Hulk. I wasn't on board with that change because I liked Edward Norton. Oh, I as did too. Bruce Banner. I thought he, I mean, I mean, Ruffalo was a bigger guy than Norton is. So I thought Edward Norton better fit the Bruce Banner part of it. You know, the kind of physically meek scientist who then becomes the mm-hmm. gigantic monster where Ruffalo was like kind of a barrel chested, bigger guy anyway. But, uh, but yeah, no, he, uh, over the course of the, especially with the delivery of that one line, uh, went a long way. And then everything else he's done since has been pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, my number four, and I know you're probably going to be disappointed that it's so low. Okay. Is, um, Captain America civil war. Okay. Um, I thought that was, it was practically an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had, I think, every character from the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, is there except for Fury and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, that sounds right. I'm pretty you sure. Yeah. And so I thought that was really awesome. They got to bring in Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, which Tom Holland was fantastic casting for that. He did a great job. Um and I know that that was also kind of a big, bold move for Marvel because they had um, really had to negotiate to get the rights to Spider-Man mm-hmm. to be able, you know, to bring him into their universe. Um, and so I thought that was great. I thought it was the epic battle scene at the airport. Oh, yeah. Um, where there was, once again, almost the danger of there are too many characters. Yeah. There's too many characters. How are they going to make this work? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they played them all to great effect. Um, they all each got little lines, little yeah. one-liners. Everybody in. gets a moment. Somehow. A moment somehow, um, yeah. that didn't take away from anybody else's moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I loved that. Um, obviously, it introduced uh, T'Challa yeah. as the Black Panther, which was also um, an interesting way to introduce him. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it because it meant that you also didn't really have to go through a movie where it was, you know, an origin story. Right. Um, when the Black Panther finally came around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciated that. So I, I really liked it. I loved that they brought Ant-Man in and that he got to also become a giant man. Giant man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just felt it was a great movie. Um that was almost an Avengers movie, but never forgot to continue to propel the story of Captain America and the Winter Soldier right. and Iron Man forward. Because that's really, those are, you know, that movie is really focused essentially on, you know, Captain America and his progression. Mm-hmm. And then also Tony Stark really growing up from being just a playboy alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was my number four. I really yeah. liked it. Okay. Uh, for my third, number three in my top five, I'm going to, I am choosing uh, Black Panther as mm. number three. Um, and I know it made all the money. All the money. All the money this year. It's, uh, and for good reason. Uh, it's, you know, it, uh, it expands the, the universe 
in a in a new direction. It and it opens up a lot of different, I mean, kind of storytelling ideas uh, as far as um, the Earth goes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with with Wakanda out of the shadows, and now everyone's going to know what sort of all the te- the technology they have, the world power that they should be should be considered, and and then of course just the you know the just with the one movie like all the diversity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> like they we're going to try to catch up. up. We're going to try to catch up in one movie. Uh, you know, and those uh, everyone's great. All the casting was great. Um, you know, everybody still talks about you know Michael B. Jordan as you know Eric Killmonger, and you know, and just I mean, I think that was our longest podcast ever when we covered Black Panther. And uh, it was so good. It's, it's so good. Comes out on Blu-ray here pretty soon, I think. Um, but yeah, it's just, and also I think, um, I think I think that Marvel's gotten like the 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 more recent movies just seem to me to be just better. Like they've really they've matured into their own. I think. Yeah. And I think, I mean, because I'll, most of your the more mediocre Marvel movies were the earlier ones, I feel, or the last, I mean, I mean, with, with Black Panther and then uh, Spider-Man last year and then the two Captain America movies, those are all excellent, excellent movies. So for my third one, I'm going to say Black Panther. I mean, it was just a visual spectacle with some really that set and a different story to tell than just your typical superhero, right. you know, punch them up or whatever. So, hmm. number three. Well, I know that you talked a little bit about how your top five would change mm-hmm. um, as you went around. And so I wrote all of my top five down, but I feel like I'm going to have to change my top five <laughs> oh. already. So I'm changing my number three. Okay. And my number three is going to be um, another Captain America movie. Okay. And it's going to be Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the reason is, is because um, I thought it was going to hit the sophomore slump. Sort of like Iron Man did. Mm-hmm. And definitely like Thor did. You know, Thor, uh, the second one, yeah. was not good. Um, and I didn't enjoy it very much. And I so I was a little skeptical of Captain America um, mm-hmm. that, you know, when it was going to do its, its sophomore, you know, outro. And so I wasn't, you know, I was looking forward to it, but it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think the reason that I liked it so much was um, you see more of Black Widow evolving as a character mm-hmm. and you learn a lot more about her. Mm-hmm. about kind of her persona and the only person that she's fully loyal to up till now is Nick Fury, mm-hmm. which is what you learn in, you know, this movie. And then you kind of see that, that allegiance transferring to Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. that he is actually, you know, the real deal and he's the good guy and he's worth following. Um, and that she really wants to be, you know, the good guy. Yeah. So I really like that. I thought that, um, you know, bringing in Falcon 
in the way that they did was a great move. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I was pleased to have an unexpected villain. You know, like you think that Pierce is going to be Alexander Pierce's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just going to be another pencil pusher, you know, kind of in the way. And yet then you find out that really, you know, he's the leader of Hydra. Yeah. And he's been growing inside of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was totally unexpected. And given the timing of that movie, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, had TV recently show. come out, um, I think it was still in its first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have that tie-in between the TV show and the movie that came out was great, was yeah. brilliant. And the TV show is able to take that movie, that plot device, and move it in so many different directions. And I really, really like that. Yeah. So, so number three. Okay. The second East in America. So for my number two, then it's going to be, um, it's going to be civil war. Okay. And you already mentioned about how the joke is it's Avengers two and a half. Mm -hmm. Right. But it really does. But, and I, and I get that, but it's still a captain America movie. It is not, you know, it's not an Avengers movie, even with all the other faces in it, it is still, it's Steve Rogers and it's and they really do a good job for most of it making it like uh, you know Steve Rogers continuation of Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson together you know trying to mm-hmm. track down um, the Winter Soldier right and, and then they find him and, and then they don't like each other both him and yeah that's a fun uh, yeah the, the 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 old best friend and the new best friend you know butting heads together. It's great, and it was a really good um, adaptation from the the comic book storyline. I mean, the comic book storyline is crazy. There's no way they could do it. You know, involves the Fantastic Four, which would be impossible. And uh, so, to turn it into the movie that they did was really impressive. And I know it's not. It doesn't like you know. There's a couple plot logic jumps maybe you got to make, but you know. Uh, but everything else is so good. You forgive it that. And then the airport sequence, you know, it's just it's the best. It's the best superhero in bit of insanity. Right. You know, and then, yeah. And then the introduction of Spider-Man, you know, into this, which no, nobody saw thought it was coming when that news broke that they made that deal with Sony. I couldn't believe it. That had to have taken a hundred attorneys. To work that out. <laughs> can't imagine. I can't believe that that actually happened. And then, I never heard of Tom Holland before in my life, uh, but he's, you know, but he was great. He, uh, I love all the stories that I read about how he landed the part that he essentially like kind of the surprised him with, Oh, you're going to screen test with Robert Downey Jr. Right now. Yeah. Improv go, you know, <laughs> and it's sent out of the other two actors they're looking at. He did the best and that's kind of what landed him the job, you know? Uh, and yeah, he's a great, a surprise edition and just the whole movie is just so much fun. Agreed. Um, okay, so my number two is going to be Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie is is fantastic. I thought for the first time we got to watch Thor um, have fun. You know, 
And, and you could tell, I think that um, Chris Hemsworth wasn't taking himself, was able to, for the first time, kind of relax into his character. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to take everything quite as seriously. I'm sure the director that they got had a little bit something to do with that. Oh my gosh. Taika Waititi is hilarious. Hilarious. If you have not seen that movie, go see the movie, um, but listen to the director's uh, commentary, commentary because it's the funniest two hours you will have. Um, but I just, I thought it was, it was the first Thor movie that was really able to have a good sense of humor that I felt matched much of the rest of the Marvel universe, Mm -hmm. you know? And I like that finally you have Loki and Thor meeting on equal terms, you know, in previous movies, Loki is definitely the clever one and Thor is just, the golden boy almost, you know, so you kind of always got the impression, or at least I did that, you know, Loki is way smarter (laughs) than Thor. Um, And Thor kind of wins just because, you know, he's perfect and he's supposed to. And in this one they meet and you really get a chance to watch their interplay where they're on equal terms a little bit. And Mm -hmm. you get to see Thor's thought process. This is why I still love you, but clearly you don't want this. So I guess we'll just mm-hmm. move, move our separate ways. And, and that's a change. And Loki doesn't like that, you know, right. <laughs> um, the, the battle between Thor and Hulk is one of the yeah. greatest battles ever. I think, I mean, I know we just got done both talking about how much we loved the battle in the civil war, but this is, is great, especially since, you know, Thor's Thor is the most excited person to see Hulk right. when he entered when he after, enters the stadium. After they spent the previous twenty minutes having different characters <laughs> tell him how the champ this champion was that kills everybody that he fights and how you're gonna have to fight this m- murdering right. you know and monster. It was whatever. nice to know you, but you're going to die. Yeah. Right. And I know and then he's like, Yes, we know each other. Um So I really, I thought it was a good movie. Um, And yet you also watch Thor begin to take on the mantle of being the God of Thunder and a leader of his people. Prior Uh to this, he's, you know, the prince of Asgard, which means he gets to go gallivanting all over the galaxy whenever he wants. And now he finally has a reason um, to, to stay with his people. And he's got that sense of of leadership and duty that he's lacking in the other ones okay so all right yeah, that's a good one um so for my last one my first one uh it's uh the one of the other captain america movies i think in a way it might be the most important uh as far as that ramifications leading up to infinity war is uh the winter soldier Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, for, I mean, I get what you're saying when you said you were worried about this movie and the reasons why, for whatever reason I wasn't, I remember seeing the trailers and I was like, looks awesome. Um, <laughs> the winter soldier, you know, I'd read the comic storyline and it's great. It's, there's a reason why it's a, you know, well-regarded lauded, uh, run in comics. And I remember when the first, the first Captain America and the first Thor came out the same year and I went and saw Thor in the theater 
rented Captain America. And I remember after seeing them both going, I got that backwards. <laughs> I The first Captain America, is, I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was not, I did not care for the casting of Chris Evans as Captain America. He was Johnny Storm and he wasn't a great Johnny Storm. Those movies are like, probably more colored by just the, those movies not being good, not necessarily his performance, you know? And plus he turned it down. He said he, for initially he turned down Captain America and they more had to come back as like, because they apparently saw it. I mean, they saw it. I mean, he is Steve Rogers. It is incredible the performance he's put in across all these movies. He is oh, yeah. absolutely the guy. I love him as Captain America. He's so great. Earnestness. I mean, he's, he's, he's Superman. He's what Superman should be that the DC movies continually get wrong. Yes, I agree. He is just this earnest, you know, doing the right thing. Even if maybe sometimes I'm not going about the right way. I just know that this is the right thing. He's even despite this earnestness, he still finds a way to be funny mm-hmm. at the right times. And he just, uh, he's just, I just, I don't know, lacking the words to describe. And just in the winter soldier is really where Marvel's where the action takes a jump. They level up action wise in this movie. That, that first sequence uh, when they're on the, the boat on the Lumerian star, when he's just running around the deck of that boat, just wrecking shot, <laughs> just uh, knocking guys into the water, shield ricocheting all over the place, just kicking. I could watch that on a loop for an hour. It's yes. so cool. Um, and then when they finally, he meets the winter soldier, they have that fight on the streets of, I think it's in DC. Mm-hmm. It's so that it, the beats move so fast. Even now, I've seen it a hundred times. It's still so incredible. You know, he, this, the Winter Soldier has like a, a gun or a knife coming out of every hand. It's like <laughs> every turn, he's got some other weapon he's pulling from somewhere. And Steve just has a shield, and he doesn't even have that half the time. You know, and it's just they just the movies really jumped up a level in quality, starting with that one. And Bucky's going to play. He plays a, played a big part in Civil War. He, they stashed him in Wakanda. He's going to have a big part to play in Infinity War. And I think... And, yeah, and like the relationship you mentioned, the relationship he has with Black Widow in that movie is really touching and mm-hmm. cool. And uh, Sam Wilson, you know... Um, God, Falcon. I, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. He plays him. Mm-hmm. Looking for a little help. A little help. A little healthier? Yeah. I'm just going to keep looking at you like, mm, come on now. Uh, is it a Bible story? No. <laughs> I'm not confusing the actor <laughs> with somebody from the Bible. I just can't remember his name. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there because you are way more on point than I was with mine. Mackie. Mackie. Yeah. Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie is, he's great. I mean, that, uh, how they meet is such a acute. I don't know if that's the right word. How Steve Rogers and Anthony Mackie when they meet. Oh, I know. Running around, movie, yeah, on your it's, it's so, and just how they, and the, even though their lives are, are separated by decades, mm-hmm. really, when you think about it, they still end up, they're just two former soldiers, you know, talking about their days during their service. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, so trying to find their place in the world yeah, after the war. After the war, you know, and you know, and the idea that he asked, you know, at one point, you know, what did what makes you happy? What do you want to do? And 
Captain Goddamn America finds myself going, huh, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's never really occurred to him. Mm-hmm. He just is just doing what he feels like. This is what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm Captain America. I never really thought anything else. Right. So it's just a lot of interesting things and incredible action moments. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I think right now today, I'll say that that's my favorite one. It is a good one. I will. I will agree. It made it. It made it to my top five, and there yeah. are you know eighteen movies yeah. to choose from. And uh, Ed Brubaker, who wrote the Winter Soldier storyline and the Captain America comics, is in the movie. I love. I love it when they do stuff like that. Ooh. Me too. The little cameos. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty good. Um. All right. Well, it should probably not surprise you, given how much I loved this movie. But uh-huh. my number one is Ant-Man. No, oh. but I did love that movie too. And I okay. was so, kind of shocked when I was looking back, like, Oh, that didn't make it into my top five. Uh, no, my favorite movie is black Panther. Oh. My number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that movie did pretty much everything right. You know, mm-hmm. it did, it had the humor there and it was great. It had, um, a, you know, a bunch of strong female characters that were strong in their own right. Um, it had um, competent people making decisions. You didn't see the obvious trap coming. You know, like sometimes sometimes you see that. It's the classic, ooh, there's a noise in the scary basement. I think I will go down there with the lights all off and the power off and like, you know, yeah. barefoot and assume that there's not a murderer down there. Um so it was it was intelligent. Um, there was a level of gravitas to this that I think that other Marvel movies missed out because you had um, T'Challa playing a king. Yeah. So his decisions had ramifications on his people. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's often been a criticism of the Marvel Universe that they kind of go around gallivanting with these massive battles. And then... Um, you know, everyone's like, all right, let's go home, you know, and nobody dies and everybody gets mm-hmm. off, you know, the island or the the planet on Age of Ultron, the little like city mm-hmm. of um, Sokovia. They all get off. They all survive. Um, but that's not the case, you know, in the in Wakanda, like his decisions will affect his people. They will affect their safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and in there's a real strong tension throughout this movie of, you know, Eric Killmonger is the product of isolationism of you could, you know, like rather than bring you into the fold, we excluded you and the resentment that grew from that. Mm -hmm. So I felt like they just did this great job with this villain that you sympathized with. You really liked Eric Killmonger. Mm -hmm. I mean, you knew he had to lose. Um, because, you know, he was the bad guy. Right. But he also had a valid point. And, and ultimately, I think I mentioned this in that podcast, um, he, he gets his end goal. You know, what he wants is for Wakanda to join the world and to right. um, assist, um, you know, African people around the world and, and like, you know, be a presence in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, Ultimately, that's what T'Challa chooses to do. 
And so, you know, I think that it just, it was something that had this moment of, um, of like there was a, there were these pieces throughout this movie that were not just the great action, which it was um, great cinematography, which it was, but um, there was also this component where a lot of people built some really strong real world connections to, mm-hmm. which it makes means that I think it'll have a lasting power yeah. um, in the cinematic universe. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, the, the character of Killmonger, which is a bummer that he dies because you would like to see more of him, but it also wouldn't make sense for the character right. for him to not have end up dead at the end. Dying the way he chose to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when he says, you know, I'd rather die than, you know, he have put me in a prison for the rest of my life. That's perfect sense for the character. And yeah, he looked at the, the actions of Wakanda and his assessment of it all was the correct assessment, but his means of going around to change that was, was wrong. wrong. Yes. Was wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm totally stealing this from the bench mode podcast because they have the same um, assessment as well, but it's just, um, yeah, it's a, a, a movie that has a lot of like real world ideas as far as global politics, mm-hmm. but it also, in a movie with um, nanotechnology and war rhinos. Exactly. Because you need a war rhino. I can't go wrong. (laughs) And they took, and they took these uh, characters that really in the comics, like Killmonger and um, M'Baku are kind of one note villains. They're just, you Mm -hmm. know, angry all the time or for whatever reason, trying to kill a black Panther and made them way more complex. Oh, right. Then, I mean, I haven't read a ton of that stuff, but that's my, that's what I, I get from it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've read a lot of how um, the original um, incarnations of those villains, mm-hmm. uh, um, in even Ulysses Claw, yeah. were, um, shall we say, not the most sensitive in terms of, Racial oh, equity, especially in Baku, <laughs> right? Wow, yeah. Um, and yet, um, what is it? Ryan Coogler, the director, yeah, is the director. Mm-hmm. Um, was able, and and the writers were able to take those characters and really reform them into um, characters that were interesting and fully developed and worth watching, mm-hmm. and um, and really kind of re-envisioned how they should have been yeah. <laughs> or they should be from now on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just thought, I thought Black Panther was fantastic. I think it's, it deserves all of the money that it's making. Yeah. Um, and that it is, um, you know, that it's still in theaters, that people are still wanting to see it and wanting to talk about it um, is really awesome. And so for all of those reasons and more, it's my number one. Okay. So uh, I know this is going to be a little, we didn't talk about doing this before, but I, let's just throw out, give one movie, one of the other movies, your honorable, honorable mention. Um, and for any reason, I mean, okay. for whatever reason you want to give it an honorable mention for mine, I'm going to give my honorable mention to uh, Thor, the best Thor, as I like to call it, the Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Um, we've seen that a bunch 
like we saw it multiple times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought it. We watched it at home on Blu-ray. I watched it on a plane right. last weekend. <laughs> and it is just the best time. It's and uh, all the all the all the stuff in the background and the scenery that is that is a clearer like homage to Jack Kirby's artwork. Tessa Thompson, I mean Valkyrie, Valkyrie amazing. The, every time I watch it, I like her somehow. I end up liking her just a little bit more mm-hmm. somehow. Right. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, some people might find it a little silly at times, I guess, but man, it's it is weird that it's. Because the first, the first Thor, pretty mediocre. The second Thor, some people will sit, argue, might be the worst of all the Marvel movies. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, this to get it so right after the first kind of, you know, false starts almost. Right. Is, yeah, it's really cool. A lot of fun. Smart that they included the Hulk in it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of buddy him up. So right. that's, my, that's why I'm going to say they give it my... Honorable mention. All right. Um, so my honorable mention is going to be Ant-Man. Okay. So um, I think that that was another movie where they had um, a lot of really good humor mm-hmm. in it. Um, and I, you know, it's funny sometimes when I, th- I think Marvel has done this great job of making, of taking risks. On on actors and on directors mm-hmm. that at the time you're kind of like what were they what are they thinking I mean they give Robert Downey Jr. the lead in Iron Man and he's been struggling with addiction mm-hmm. you know all sorts of issues and you know and then they make him essentially an alcoholic playboy uh, <laughs> you know yeah and and yet he carries it off. You know, and I'm not saying that Paul Rudd is the same as um, Robert Downey Jr., but at the same time, Paul Rudd is not necessarily on anybody's, and I'm sorry, Paul Rudd, on anybody's A-list for, like, go-to actors, you know, for, you know, for movies and things. Especially not a superhero movie. Right, exactly. And yet he's perfect. He's got the right sense of humor for it, kind of cross between um you know like bad boy but i'm not really that bad Mm -hmm. you know i'm just kind of it's just kind of what i do um so i thought they did a great job of casting him um i think they um you know as they're walking through you've got michael pena in there who is fantastic his character um, makes me laugh all the time. Um, and just kind of his fast talking storytelling, mm-hmm. every scene he has where he tells a story. Um, and you know, Scott Lang is constantly being like, Luis, come back here. I'm on point. Um, yeah, makes me laugh. And I just want to hear more of his stories, <laughs> quite and, frankly. And it's really a fun, like filmmaking decision that they did that when he's telling the stories, you're seeing the people that he's talking about, the actors right. talking, but it's still his voice coming out of their mouths. Right. And, and so it's the, really well done. And it's really funny every mm-hmm. time, every time. So, um, so that's my, my kind of honorable mention. I am so excited. We haven't even talked about Ant-Man and the Wasp coming yeah. out. And I'm super excited about that coming out because yes. I think 
Um, the character Hope Van Dyne, played by Evangeline Lilly, mm-hmm. will be great. Um, and I'm intrigued to see what they do. Because, you know, you've got Black Widow, who's kind of been a consistency through the Marvel Universe since, what, Iron Man 2? Yes. Is when she first shows up. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't really fully develop as a character oh, yeah. until several movies in. Um, and prior to that, she's kind of like, oh, well, we better throw in a girl. Um, and then you have, um, I mean, Peggy Carter, to some extent, as a strong female sidekick. But again, she's still the romantic interest. Yeah. Um, so we don't have until, you know, any heroines who have been, who get to, like, hang out in their own right. Really. Yeah. I mean... I, I guess you could argue the Scarlet Witch, but I don't think so. No. She's still like she's still like developing her powers. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what Evangeline Lilly does with the Wasp because you know you're gonna see um, you know uh, an adult who is who has worked by her father's side. She already like knows she's smarter than Scott Lang. Oh yeah, yeah. by a lot. Um, and so she's to get to see what she does as a heroine mm. is really exciting. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to see, to see that come out this year. And, and now Michelle Pfeiffer is cast as Janet Van Dyne. Yeah. Her mother. Her, her, so I'm interested to see if that's, if they just are using her for flashback purposes or if they're actually going to bring her back from the quantum realm or wherever she disappeared into. Right. So, but yeah, Janet Van Dyne, the original wasp from the comics, you know, the big, I mean, she ran the Avengers for a while in comic book continuity, so I hope that get to see some of that. Hopefully, it's a lot of Wasp. I, like, I mean, I like Paul Rudd and Ant Man's cool, fine, and and uh, Scott Lang is a, a fun character. But yeah, hopefully, it's uh, the Wasp gets more screen time. Right. So. so yeah. So anyway, so that's my honorable mention, both because I thought it was a great movie, mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward. To this sequel. Alright. Okay, well, there we go. Top five uh, MCU movies. Plus an honorable mention. Plus an honorable mention, just because. Uh, And, well, next week is when the big movie comes out. Uh, But, we're gonna hold off on doing a podcast on that. Yeah, So, so, audience, you will all have the opportunity to go see this movie. Before we actually do a podcast on it. We're going to give everybody a little more time to go and see the biggest movie of the year before we record a podcast. Next week, though, a little something special. I know. Uh, I'm going to be off on a little uh, trip with my good friend, Chris, who has appeared on the podcast once before. Um, And he and I are going to do one while we're off and away. I think we're going to do... uh, We're going to go back in time to uh, a decade that was known as the 80s. And I think that's when Caddyshack came out. Anyway, we're going on a golf trip. And while we're there, we're going to do a podcast on Caddyshack. Correct. Is the plan. You two have fun with that. Yeah. So look look forward to that next week. Special episode. And everybody get out there and see Infinity War. And come back here in a couple weekends. And uh, and we'll see if Infinity if the Infinity War podcast breaks our, our, previous, <laughs> our record. previous record of longest right. podcast. Yeah, I think it's probably good that we're going to see it mm-hmm. and then we're gonna have s- a week to digest this. Almost. See, um, it, 
see it and then probably see it. I'd see it again and, and have to process and digest what we're seeing with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise, if we did a podcast right after seeing it, it'd probably just be a lot of non-coherent I, I, words. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I can't. I mean. What just, What did I just see? And yeah. Like, are blown away. So Hopefully, yeah. I, well, I think we will be. I mean, yeah. The, the worst thing that could happen is that we're blown away for all of the wrong reasons. Right. I can't imagine. I mean, the Russos have done such good work. Mm-hmm. And there are two movies. I can't imagine that this isn't going to be really good. Oh, I agree with you. And it, the, the hard part is just me trying to stay away because I don't want to see any more trailers or TV spots or anything. So I'm trying to go dark on that stuff until we actually get to see it. Soon. I am not. Yes, so. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. Um, anyway, so next week you'll get a little bit of a different flavor yeah. as Dustin and his guest co-host. A little superhero palate cleanser. Correct. Before we hit uh, the big one. Before we hit Infinity War. Okay. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Uh, drop us a line at ddkpodcasting at gmail.com if you want to tell us what you think. Maybe give us your top five Marvel movies. Tell us what you think about our top fives. Yeah. Suggest a beer for us to try in a future episode or a movie to watch. Or tell us anything about any of our previous podcasts. Or just, you know, yeah. just say hi. That'd be fine, too. You can find us on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, and uh, a bunch of different podcasting apps you can find on your Android device, should you have one of those. All right. Well, this has been fun. And I think we might yeah, finish off our evening watching one of those movies. Yeah. And so, but until next week. Go see a movie. And thanks, everyone, for listening.